Hey everyone, this is Lieutenant Governor Matt Pinnell coming to you with another edition of our Innovate That podcast uh, brought to you by OCAST and the Oklahoma Business Roundtable. Uh, we have a real treat today, someone that uh, I've gotten to know over the last few years, a wonderful entrepreneur, business owner, uh, mayor, could go on and on, quite the bio, uh, but a little bit of background first uh, on uh, her company, and, and then we'll introduce her personally. So it's Cosmetic Specialty Labs, uh, CSL, is a manufacturer located in Lawton, America, if you've not been to Lawton or Medicine Park, I'm, I bet we'll probably talk about that a little bit today. Uh, Lawton, Oklahoma, in the foothills of the Wichita Mountains, one of the most beautiful parts of our state is skilled in developing high-end prestige skincare products, uh, as well as customer-formulated over-the-counter drugs. Uh, so their specialties include art and layout development, creative packaging solutions, customer product formulation, uh, an internal independent quality control unit, which is very hard. I, talk, I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, and a product innovation development laboratory. So kind of a one-stop shop here. Uh, the company offers turnkey product solutions for its clients. And with us today, the one and only Jennifer Ellis. Thank you for being here, Jennifer. Thank you for having yeah. me. Uh, she is the CEO and chief chemist for Cosmetic Specialty Labs and the granddaughter uh, to the founder. Uh, she began working for the company while still in high school, a former OCAST intern, which I think is pretty cool, uh, and has been the recipient of numerous awards uh, and held multiple positions in the community she serves, including, yes, being elected mayor uh, of Medicine Park, one of the best tourism towns in Oklahoma. Uh, she's done a, a fantastic job uh, of continuing the legacy of her grandmother, uh, and we are thrilled to have her on the show today again. Jennifer, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Sir. Yeah. Any, any just, uh, uh, just comments right off the top? Uh, about uh, maybe your time as an intern with OCAST. Maybe maybe start there. That was a very interesting time for me. So um, I had an opportunity when I was an undergraduate at Cameron University as a chemistry student to be um, an intern with OCAST with the, some of the projects that we were working on with Cosmetic Specialty Labs. Um, Dr. Ann Nally who is still at Cameron University wow. for years and years. Um, first woman, president of the American Chemical Society, just an, an amazing yeah. woman in, in chemistry and in the, the STEM field. Um, she opened up the opportunity to me for me to be an OCAST intern, and I jumped on it. Yeah. I was, um, as a freshman at Cameron University, haven't had an um, instrumental class I ran an instrument all summer long, huh. um, working on projects that would help both cosmetic specialty labs and Cameron University. So it was really exciting. Now, that's pretty cool. And again, I, I just love those kind of stories. Again, the teachers, whether it be high school or college, that open doors, you know, for you and look at look at where you are today. Absolutely. That oh, that OCAST um, internship. Uh, created an entire project that ended up lasting another three years for Cameron and had other follow-up interns. And I um, took that paper, that that paper for all that research to regional and actually won at region. Oh, very neat. Paper. Oh, that's cool. That's great. 
So in, in your own words, I mean, describe what cosmetic cosmetic specialty labs does. I mean, I gave a little bit there in the bio uh, and, and the value it brings to your customers. Absolutely. So cosmetic specialty labs is a custom private label turnkey manufacturer. Now, that's a lot of descriptors. So what we do is we create a product that is ready for the shelf for our customer, whether it going on, whether it's going onto a, a shelf at Sephora, an online merchant at QVC, Ulta, it doesn't matter. We have a turnkey product ready for our customer that it's totally customized from concept of the formula, concept of the package, everything to a delivery to our customers. Wow. Okay. And I, well, and I know some of those uh, companies that you're talking about because I have a 15 year old daughter. So <laughs> we, we know those, those places quite well. Um, so what is the process a company would take to get uh, you to manu- manufacture a product for them? Because I mean, again, the cosmetic industry, I, I mean, multi, multi, multi-billion dollar industry, Absolutely. Uh, international, obviously in scope here. Uh, but w- what is that process that, that, a, that a company would take uh, to get you involved in the process of manufacturing? So we can take a customer from any area of the development of their product, whether, hmm. whether they're at the concept phase or they could be, have a product already on the market that they're switching manufacturers. But the typical customer for us is coming to us with um, a new product that they want to develop, that they have an idea or they have a dream to have this type of product line. I get that a lot. Um, You know, so we customize to the level that this client wants to be at. Okay. It could be um, stock formulations, which we have thousands of since we've been in business, you know, incorporated since 1973. We have a vast selection of pre-formulated things that we can create change to make your own. Okay. Um, so some customers will bring a brand new concept and idea to us. Some customers will bring something that's, that's a little bit more ready for manufacturing. And then we, whatever that point is, we just take it from there. That's right. Whatever we have to sort, we source everything for our customer, every ingredient, every container, the packaging, um, decoration, the whole deal. Where are you getting these products from? I mean, it, it, all from America, across the world. Um, again, when you're mixing, you know, product here in the middle of Lawton, America, uh, how's that work? Well, nothing is made in Lawton that I right. need. Yes. <laughs> so we, we bring in products from all of those places. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, we have, um, just, we typically try to work with a U.S. distributor mm-hmm. who is importing um, various goods at a higher level for distribution in our industry, um, whether it be plastics or acrylics or the actual raw materials that yeah. are going in the, the yeah. packaging. Qu- qu- quite the uh, process Lots for sure. Lots of moving parts. Uh, how many products does your facility manufacture daily? Um, containers. I mean, we, we send out, we, we're doing two things daily. We're making bulk product. So we could be making anywhere between 500 to 3000 gallons of, of a different products yep. every single day. Um, and then we're also, we have a filling side. So then we are also filling pack, filling products into finished goods. 
So where we could have anything from 5,000 to 30,000 containers being filled every day. So two distinct operations. Uh, Well, with that kind of operation, I mean, how many people do you employ? Uh, What are the various positions that are necessary to to kind of complete that kind of operation? Because that's quite the operation. Yes, we have 60 full-time employees. Great. Um, Those employees range, um, are very diverse. We have people who have... Um, have GEDs or have other, um, have come to us from programs at various levels of, with education who are continuing their education. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as we have people who work for us that have master's degrees. So it just depends on, again, being turnkey. Um, that includes all of our laboratory development, our science on the other side of the product, like our quality assurance and quality control. So Cameron University mm-hmm. is a big resource good. for me. It's good to hear. We have multiple Cameron University graduates. Good. Well, and you have, again, strong career tech system, high school. I mean, yeah, with, with that kind Absolutely. of, you know, with, with those kind of employees, everything from, again, the uh, the packaging to the science side of this, I mean, you, you're, you're, you're having to recruit all sorts of different employees. Exactly. And um, you brought up Great Plains Technology Center. That's a wonderful point. We use their, um, we have a, a large maintenance department. So we're using our, their forklift resources and our maintenance program. Our guys are going to school for maintenance there and they, Good. they customize and help develop programs for us. That's great. Uh, so in 1973, there were not many businesses started by women. Uh, so talk about the type of person your grandmother was, uh, and, and explain why she, she was able to, to create such an incredible company. My grandma, well, she was a Rosie the Riveter. Ah, yes. So yeah. I think that kind of encompasses what, yeah. <laughs> what type of person? That says a lot. That says yeah. a lot. So after World War II, she came back to Oklahoma. Okay. She, my grandfather was um, deployed to the South Pacific. He was in the Navy. And my grandmother worked in the shipyards yeah. in California because that's where she was needed at that time. So she went wow. to do that. Um, when she came back to Oklahoma, she has had this fantastic story of bringing back her Merle Norman kit that she was going to start selling Merle Norman in Lawton. There was nothing but a bunch of uh, old farmers coming back from California on the bus. And so she rubbed all of their feet with the foot cream that was in there and she sold everything in her kit. So wow. that's the kind of person and the Hennessy was. That's that's pretty cool. And um, you're exactly right. You know, 1973, it wasn't cool for women to start businesses, mm-hmm. but she started with a small salon, mm-hmm. um, including her. She had three, um, they were called beauty operators at the time. <laughs> and that grew to a full service skin and hair salon with over 40 stylists. Wow. Uh, pardon me, over 50 stylists in that salon. So she was, it, it was just crazy. Yeah. Busy. She, do you think that, that greatest generation? Absolutely. It's pretty amazing. What is the most important part of her legacy that, that you're continuing to implement today uh, for that business to continue to thrive? Well, I think um, the most important part of my grandmother's legacy is the importance of um, supporting your employees and and the family aspect of our business. 
um, as well as staying in Southwest Oklahoma. Yeah. That was critical for her. Yeah. Um, she loved the people of Southwest Oklahoma. She was born in Ryan, Oklahoma, and um, she lived here all of her life, traveled the world, and there was no place she wanted to see cosmetic specialty exist except where we are right now. Wow, that's great. And we're glad it is in Southwest Oklahoma. I'll, I'll assume that being flexible in your manufacturing process certainly is important. Uh, since your company specializes in, in multiple products from multiple vendors, and as you said, bringing in products from, from everywhere. What, what are the challenges you face in being a turnkey uh, manufacturer? Well, all the moving parts, you know, especially right now when, we, um, when we're having freight delays coming to the U.S., um, coming just even across the U.S., um, importing raw materials. All of those were obviously f- affected during COVID, and we had some, some major supply chain disruptions. Issues that we had with the supply chain that weren't obvious became apparent yes. is what happened. It's made us look a different way to the way we source and the information that we give our customers when we source our materials. Um, you know, we, we talk about the different types of containers and the, and the options people have. And we try to get customers to not disregard more simple packaging and cleaner packaging, hmm. because really that's the Good way point. the market is trending. Yep. And those are the types of packages that are made in the United States. And as well as the environmental issues that the cosmetic market kind of has anyway, yeah. we tend to over package and um, put layers and layers of, of information in boxes and all those types of things. So um, that's been something we've, we've helped our clients begin to move away from to um, eliminate some yeah. of those, yeah, uh, some that, of those problems. That's that's good. Again, I don't I don't think people realize all the different moving parts when you say the word turnkey. Absolutely, uh, yeah. There's a lot that goes into that very small word. Uh, so aside from cosmetics, you, you also produce a lot of uh, over the counter medication. Absolutely. Uh, what is the story on how you began producing those products? So. OTC drugs are um, a a very regulation mm-hmm. <laughs> burdened industry. Um, all of our products are still topicals, but a topical pain cream and say children's Tylenol have the same regulatory classification. Those are both over the counter drugs. And they have to be manufactured the same way. But there's really nobody in the mark in in the industry that does the customization like we do, hmm. who's willing to do the customization. Yeah. But that has required us to um, pull in a really strong quality control, quality assurance, and lab team to be able to innovate those products for people. OTC drugs, and kind of to familiar, familiarize you a little bit with the, with the actual language of what an OTC drug is, is the definition of an OTC is something that treats, cures, or mitigates a disease or skin condition. Okay. So you can have a cleanser that's just a cleanser, and you wash your face with it. Or you can have an acne cleanser. Acne is defined as an over-the-counter drug condition by FDA. So now you've just moved into a different regulatory category calling something an acne skin Hmm. cleanser. So... um, it's it's very rigorous. Oh yes, the difference. yeah, uh, but impressive that again that you all have been uh, be able, been able to diversify in that way. It's uh, really become the major the majority of our business. Yeah, I, I could it totally really see has. that. Yeah, 
I mean, you know, there, there's nothing really in our economy today that, that the healthcare industry does not affect in some way. And again, this when it comes to medication, it's the same way. Affordable medication, over-the-counter medication, uh, it always comes up in conversations that I have all the time. Uh, how many countries around the world do your products ship to? 45. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we export heavily into the Middle East. Okay. Um, and we have quite a few customers in Europe that under the new EU regulations that we follow. Do you have dis- distributors over there as well? Or is this, mo- you know, when, when we say 45 countries, where are you distributing these to? We don't have our own personal distributors. Everything that we manufacture is for a client of ours. Uh, they have distribution networks further, but I'm working directly with clients in these countries. Um, and, and then they have further distribution as well throughout the, throughout okay. the region. 45 countries, uh, plans to expand more than those 45. I mean, is there a 10 year plan I there? I always have to- plans to yes. expand more than what I'm doing right now. <laughs> we, we, um, we're actually working on some, some additional customers in particularly the Middle East right now. Good. That's great. It's a, certainly a good area to be in. So we mentioned kind of at the top there, you, you were once an, an OCAST intern. Uh, in Anything else to, to, to talk about that, that experience uh, of, of being an OCAST intern? And can you talk about, you know, the program and, and really what it meant to your career? Well, um, it was a very long time ago when I was an OCAS intern. <laughs> Just a few years. And the process might have changed some, but um, I, it's always valuable for um, a student to have an opportunity, particularly a STEM student, to have some time in industry behind a bench um, or sitting in front of an instrument with, with the time that I had available um, in the analytical lab, running an IR at Cameron University. Yeah. That when typically when you're when you're in a class like that, you have once every other week mm-hmm. that you're getting when you're getting lab time on an instrument like that. So the um, the experience running um, that I had was amazing to me because I I was so advanced with my instrumental knowledge by the time I was a senior and I was taking instrumental. Yeah. So that was really valuable. Mm. But it, the biggest thing is just having the exposure to way a business is run yeah. and um, the exposure to OCAST and um, being able to have help with, with our projects being facilitated and, and just support that that it gives you. Yeah. Have you guys utilized any other OCAS programs since uh, since you were an intern? I've worked with Cameron University and had OCAS interns at my firm, as well as my clients working with OCAS interns and I2E as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you mentioned I2E there, so that's a good segue kind of into this. My next question for you is explain that value uh, of having this pipeline of companies, right, that we have, such as OCAST and its partners like an I2E, this this innovation pipeline model that I talk about all the time. I mean, explain the value in that in Oklahoma. It's unbelievable that we have the resources for innovation in our state that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody, what, depend, it doesn't matter where they are in their manufacturing life, their firm. They could be a startup company. Or they could be somebody who's been in business since 1973, and they have this new innovative product that they need help with getting to the market. 
So, um, you know, I, I kind of feel like there's an illusion that OCAST and I2E and Oklahoma Manufacturing Alliance is just for those brand new startup companies, but they are so valuable, particularly coming out of COVID for an, for a firm in our state to be able to relaunch itself, rebrand itself, pivot in some way. Um, it, it's an amazing resource for our manufacturers. That's a really good point. Really good point. So what, what's it take to be successful in your industry? I mean, what, what advice would you give someone interested in, in joining your industry? Responsiveness. Ah. One of the, and, and I think that's kind of goes, it's an odd thing to say, but in this industry, it, it seems like some people aren't quite, aren't very responsive to their customers' needs. And I was brought up kind of with that Oklahoma standard that you get it done now and you get it done right and you get it done the way the client needs to have it done. And I think that is one of the things that has really brought people to our organization and our firm because yeah. that's how we are. That's a great, a great point. Responsiveness is unfortunately not done as much in, uh, in, in America today. Uh, talk about the, the benefits of being located in Lawton. You, you, you mentioned again, you know, it was always a, um, a, a priority of making sure you stay in Southwest Oklahoma, but what, what are the benefits of, of being in Lawton area? You know, the the people in Lawton are amazing. You know, it's it's one of those size communities where it's not too big and it's not yeah. too small that yeah. if you really work to move yourself forward and your organization forward, you you will know all the people that you need to know to yeah. get that done and the workforce. We have an amazing workforce with great support with Cameron University and Great Plains Technology Center. Again, those relationships with both Cameron and Great Plains have been amazing Good. to be able to get me um, employees or students that I need. Um, I'm probably going to have five interns this summer Good. Um, and actually from all over the state now. But those relationships and being able to um, uh, build the, the workforce from those two organizations as well as from Fort Sill been tremendous. That's great. For us. That's great to hear. And again, we, we, we love Tulsa and Oklahoma City, but we always remind people that we have 77 counties in Oklahoma. Right. Uh, and Lawton is one of our economic hubs in the Absolutely. state. And uh, you all help keep it that way. And, and last question, we always ask all of our, uh, our business owners this, why do you choose to keep your company in Oklahoma? All those things that I mentioned about keeping us in London. Yeah. Um, you know, the workforce, the people, it's a great place to live. We have, um, you know, 77 counties full of adventure here, yeah. a day's drive to go to anything. Yeah. It's, it's a fun place to live. It's a diverse place to live. The people are amazing and we wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much. I, and I will always call you mayor. Uh, you know, you, uh, you have moved on from being mayor. You served uh, as mayor very well uh, in, in the Medicine Park area. And, and uh, we, we love having you all in Oklahoma. Uh, you're a leader in this community. We cannot thank you enough for, for being part of our bounce back committee as well early on when we were trying to bounce back as a state from COVID. Uh, and, and so we just, I, I value your friendship and, and you being an Oklahoman, and we're just so thankful to, to have you. Um, the Innovate That podcast has been brought to you by OCAST in partnership again with the Oklahoma Business Roundtable. If you like the show, please post a review and hit the like or subscribe button located almost anywhere that you can listen 
two podcasts. Uh, So thank you again for joining us. Make sure to tune in next time to the Innovate That podcast.